What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. Um, So today's episode, I'm going to be talking out of Romans chapter 5, which is like one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. And I always say it's like drinking a spiritual Red Bull when you read Romans chapter 5. Why? Because it just gets you stirred up. It doesn't matter how in the flesh you are. If you read Romans 5, you will just feel like you can conquer the world. And so I want to talk out of Romans 5 about living free from the power of sin and and really how we do that. Because first of all, there's a lot of Christians and there's a lot of teaching out there that says, oh, well, you'll always battle with sin on this side of heaven, which that's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus didn't shed his blood and die on the cross so that you could continue to battle with sin throughout your Christian life. Okay, so first of all, first of all, you have to believe that you can live, you can live free from the power of sin. That doesn't mean that temptation won't exist at all, but I'm saying that sin, you can get to a place where sin has lost all of its power, all of its dominion on you, over you. And so, you know, I want to talk about Romans chapter five. There's a scripture in verse 10. It says, if while we were enemies of God, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, it is much more certain now that we are reconciled that we shall be saved, daily delivered from sin's dominion through his resurrection life. So that was a lot of words. That was the amplified version. So let me just break this down for you. So what it's saying is if while you were an enemy of God, He reconciled you to himself through the death of Jesus. How much more now that you're not an enemy of God, you're a friend of God. How much more now that you're in his family, will he daily deliver you from sin's dominion? God will daily deliver you from sin's dominion. And then in Romans chapter five, it talks about how? It talks about the grace of God that is broken, the dominion of sin over your life and how you can live in a place uh, where that, that grace is flowing in your life. And so one thing I just want to say up front, and I feel like there's so much misunderstanding around this topic, and it's important to understand that behavior modification is not going to get you free from sin. Behavior modification will only work for a short period of time. You can try and stop sinning. You can try and do better. You can try and be better in the flesh. And if you listened to my last podcast, I talked about, I kind of talked about this whole thing where you can either do things in the flesh or you can do things by the grace of God, which comes by the revelation of Christ. And, and the Bible says, that whatsoever the Lord doeth, it shall remain forever. So if you do it yourself, uh, it says that, um, what does the Bible say? In Proverbs, it says that the man who, who labors to build his house, he labors in vain who builds it. I'm sorry. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain who build it. What does that mean? So unless, unless the Lord You allow the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver you from sin. If you try to build your life in holiness, you are laboring in vain. Why? Because your efforts, your toiling will eventually, it will come to nothing. It will produce no lasting fruit in your life. So really, 
If you're battling a certain sin, maybe you're battling porn addiction, maybe you're battling a, a, a drug addiction, maybe you're battling with alcohol, maybe you're battling with um, anxiety and fear, depression, I don't know, whatever it is that you're battling with, what you need is not to try harder. What you need is a revelation of what Christ did for you on the cross. You need a revelation of grace, the grace of God. I am hyper grace. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I love the grace message. I don't, I, and I'm, t- what am I talking about? I'm talking about the real grace message. The real grace message. Grace is not an excuse for you to continue sinning. Grace is, oh, the grace of, grace is a person, first of all. His name is Jesus. The Bible says the law was given through Moses, but grace himself came through the person of Jesus Christ. The law, the strength of sin is the law. So the more you put rules on people, the more you try to beat people over the head for their sin and tell them you need to live right. You need to stop doing X, Y, Z. You need to do this. You need to do that. Actually, all you're doing is increasing the strength of sin in that person's life. So this is important. Maybe you are free from sin. You're not even battling anything right now. Well, that's great. But when you're discipling people, it's important to understand this. It's, it's a waste of time for you to beat people over the head and tell them what they need to do because the strength of sin is the law. The more you try to tell this person, you need to stop doing this. You need to stop doing this. That doesn't work. The strength of sin is the law and the law was given through Moses, but A new way was instituted when Jesus came. Grace came. Grace came through Jesus Christ. And what is, what is grace? Grace is the undeserved favor of God. It's God's goodness reaching out to you before you ever did anything good to deserve it. And the grace of God is what lifts you up out from under the dominion of sin. And I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. So what I want to talk about is uh, you know, the book of Romans, uh, chapter five, it talks about the reign of grace and the reign of death. And uh, before we read the verses about that, I want to give you the definition of the word reign. So the word reign means to exercise influence and control over or to rule as a king over. And so in Romans five, It says that when Adam's sinned, it says that death spread to all mankind. And then in verse 17, it says through one man's trespass, death reigned through that one talking about Adam. So when Adam sinned, understand, first of all, that you're not a sinner because you sinned. You are a sinner because of Adam's one act of disobedience sin, the sin nature, spiritual death spread to all mankind. So what this is saying is that because of Adam's one sin, death, spiritual death was reigning over all mankind. And again, what does that word reign means? It means to exercise influence and control over. So spiritual death was influencing and controlling all mankind. Okay, because of Adam's one sin. So then it says, but much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness reign as kings in life through one man, Jesus Christ. 
So I, and I want you to get a mental picture of this. So death was reigning over the earth. So if you can just see like a dark cloud of death was reigning and controlling all mankind, but then it says those who received the gift of God. So that's you. That's me. We received something that lifted us up out of under the the reign of death. So now you're actually above that dark cloud. You're above the reign of death. And, And the Bible says that we've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. So now you yourself are actually reigning as a king over, you're above the reign of death that's over all mankind. You have been lifted out from under the reign of spiritual death and you are now seated with Christ, reigning as a king with him. So you're definitely not under the dominion of spiritual death anymore because you yourself are actually reigning far above the reign of death. This is powerful. This is like, this, is, this will change your life. And this is how you need to view yourself because many Christians view themselves as I'm under, I'm under this bondage. I'm under the power of this temptation. No, you're actually seated with Christ reigning as a king over, you're actually over on top of the reign of spiritual death. And so it gets even better. And this is really what I want to get to. This is the climax. Verse 21, it says, so just as sin has reigned in death, so grace might reign through righteousness. Okay, I'm going to pause. I'm going to break this down. So what does this mean? So those who are spiritually dead, right? They are, that's all mankind. If you're, when you're born, you're born into spiritual death. You're under the reign of spiritual death. It says here that sin reigns in death. So those who are spiritually dead, sin is reigning over them. And again, what does the word reign mean? It means to influence and exercise control over. So when you were spiritually dead before you were born again, sin was influencing you constantly. Sin was exercising control over you constantly. Why? Because you were under its reign. Sin was reigning over you. It was constantly influencing you. Every decision you made, every action, every thought, sin was influencing you, controlling you. It was a constant voice speaking to you and controlling you and holding you in its grip. But now this is good. This way it gets good. It says that grace reigns through righteousness. So when you received the free gift of righteousness, which I have a lot of podcasts on righteousness, you can go listen to those. Uh, When you received the free gift of righteousness, you were lifted up seated with Christ, right? And you have a perfect right standing with God. And where you are seated, you're seated in heavenly places. There is an atmosphere called grace. And that grace is now reigning over you. Again, what does that mean? Grace is now influencing you. Grace is now exercising control over you. So understand that where you are seated, because you are righteous, the grace of God is constantly influencing you. It is influencing your thoughts. I'm speaking to you right now. I'm prophesying to somebody. Grace 
is affecting your thoughts. It's influencing your mind. It's influencing your actions. It's controlling your decisions. Grace is affecting everything about you, every area of your life. And so as this grace is affecting you, the Bible says in Titus 2.12, this is exactly you know what I'm saying. Titus 2.12 says that grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. So what I mean by grace is influencing you and exercising control over you, what's the fruit that you have an abundance of grace? It's not that you sin more. (laughs) It's that you have been taught to say no to ungodliness and that you are living self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. And so that's what grace does when you're under that grace. So it's not like, okay, I need to try harder to do better. You need to become more aware of the grace of God that is controlling you and influencing and you and yield more to that grace. And really, do you know the, what does it say? The Bible says that, that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So if you don't know that you're under the reign of grace, then you think that sin still has power over you, right? Because you're, you're, you're not aware of the grace that that's reigning over you. And so this is why you really, it's your revelation of these things that's going to set you free from the power of sin. And I want to read you, sorry, I'm going to read a lot of scripture. I'm going to read more scripture. I want to read you Romans six in the message translation. I might not read it all, but I know some of y'all don't like the message translation, but it's good. Y'all, you should read the book of Romans in the message translation. It's pretty good. So it says in Romans 6, 1, the message, it says, what, so what do we do? Do we keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize that we packed up and left there for good? That's what happened in baptism. When we went underwater, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace. So now where you're living, grace is sovereign. But the devil would love for you to think that you're still living in your old house where sin is sovereign. But sin is not sovereign. You have packed up when you were baptized, you moved out of that old life. And you moved into a new country where grace is sovereign. And so the next verse says, um, or let me skip down. Um, Verse six, it says, could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ, a decisive end to that sin miserable life. No longer at sin's every beck and call. What we believe is this, that if we were included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we will also be included in his life-saving resurrection. Um, and then, okay, so if you skip down, it says, from now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you now. And God speaks your mother tongue and you hang on every word. That means that you are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. Man. 
man, this is so good. So I like what it says there. It's so understand that because sin no longer can exercise control over you, that temptation comes, right? So sin may come, sin may come to tempt you, but it says here, Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. So when you have a revelation of this this new life of grace that you're in, the temptation comes, but it's like a dead language to you. It means nothing to you. It's not even, it's like, I don't even, that don't even register with me. Why? Because I'm dead to that. There's nothing in me. There's nothing in me that is alive to that temptation. Everything in me that loved sin is absolutely dead. That language, that temptation, that that sin is speaking a dead language. It means nothing to me. And then it says, but God speaks your mother tongue and you hang on every word. So now the voice that really awakens you is the voice of God. It's the word of God. It's the Holy Ghost. It's that voice that tells you that you're righteous. It's the voice that tells you that sin no longer has dominion over you. It's the voice of God that now awakens you. Why? Because you're alive to God. That's what it means to be born again. And let me just tell you, if you have no desire to live holy, I would question if you've truly been born again yet, because when you're born again, the Bible says that you will naturally crave the milk of the word, which is the voice of God. There will be a hunger in you for God's voice, and there will be a distaste in you for sin, the old way of life. Why? Because you're a new creature. The old you died, the new you is alive. And so that's why it's so important to understand this, because so many people they try to live more holy and I'm not, maybe you're not even dealing with like bad sin, but you try to walk in love. You try to, you try to serve more. You try to do more for God in your flesh. It's not, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's your revelation of Christ that is going to birth lasting fruit and lasting results in your Christian life. I'm telling you, I'm telling you because God's word, the, like the things I just shared with you, Romans 5, when Romans 5 begins to burn in you, right? The knowledge of Christ multiplies grace in your life. That's what Peter said. First Peter says that grace is multiplied in your knowledge of Christ. And that grace operating in your life is going to produce the right fruit. You don't got to try and produce fruit. So that's the main thing I wanted to hit home today. But I also, sorry, I know I'm reading so much scripture, but really that's the only thing that matters. I want to read also Psalms 103 in the Passion Translation. Why? Because I like it and it just, it stirs me up. So this is Psalms 103 in the Passion Translation. Verse two, it says, Lord, how could I ever forget the miracles of kindness that you've done for me. You kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all that I've done. No matter what you've done, I don't care what you've done. This says right here, God has forgiven all your sins. If you would really just believe that, I want to ask you, to: do you really believe that God has forgiven every single one of your sins? He doesn't even remember it. Why do you remember it? Why are you thinking about it? God doesn't even know what you're talking about. He has completely forgotten it. He has released you and washed you from every sin. 
You kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all I've done. You healed me inside and out from every disease. Lord, you rescued me from hell and saved my life. You crowned me with love and mercy. You satisfy my every desire with good things. In verse eight, it says, Lord, you are so kind and tenderhearted to those who don't deserve it. And so patient with people who fail you. You know, God is patient with you while you're walking out your salvation, while you're walking out your freedom from that thing. Stop beating yourself up about it. God is so patient with you. Yeah, there's a process of sanctification. Positionally, we're sanctified, but experientially, I'm walking out my sanctification and thank God that he is so patient with us. And then the next part, it says, your love is like a flooding river overflowing its banks with kindness. Man, the next verse says, you don't look at us to find our faults just so that you can hold a grudge against us. You may discipline us for our sins, but never as much as we really deserve, nor do you ever try and get even with us for what we've done. Thank God, man. Higher than the highest heavens. That's how high your tender mercy extends. What is mercy? Mercy is God withholding from you what you really deserve. So yeah, there are consequences that we deserve for our shortcomings, for our failure, for our sin, for our mistakes. There's consequences that we deserve. But what is the mercy of God? The mercy of God is that he withholds from us what we really deserve. And that's why it's so amazing. Psalm 23 says his goodness and his mercy will pursue you. So I'm not worried about uh, falling short and maybe not being perfect because I believe I have faith in the mercy of God that is pursuing me, that, that the mercy of God is withholding from me the consequences that I deserve for my failure. That's awesome. And that'll set you free. And some people have more faith in their performance than they do in the mercy of God. And this verse says that higher than the highest heavens, that's how high the mercy of God extends. His mercy is new every morning. You, you can never, and this is so awesome because if you know like a natural person, like, okay, say a kid, he's been bad for like 10 days. The parent, the parent is gonna get ticked off. By day 10, their mercy is like, they're like, dude, you've been running my, my patience for 10 days and I'm ticked off. You better stop acting a fool, right? But God's mercy, it's not like, okay, day 10, it's more, uh, you're more wearing out the mercy of God by day 10 because you've done it so many days. It actually says that his mercy is brand new every morning. So every single day when you wake up, his mercy is brand new towards you as if he's never been merciful to you before. It's brand new and it's infinite. It reaches higher than the heavens. The mercy of God. That ought to set you free from every kind of condemnation and guilt. Let me tell you. The next verse says, farther than from east to west, that's how far you've removed our guilt from us. So I just pray that this just eradicates any kind of guilt or condemnation that you've been feeling, that you know that God God is merciful toward and, and patient towards those 
who are walking out their sanctification. And I pray that you get a greater awareness of where you're seated. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places under the reign of grace. And that grace has broken sin's dominion over your life. And and now you can walk free in the mighty name of Jesus. This is Victoria. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.